Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our new guest host, Parm. How are you doing today, Parm? Not too bad, Loki, yourself. I'm doing fantastic as always. So Parm comes to us with a background in, in PR, communications, coaching, and a whole bunch of other things. So uh, what are you up to de- these days, Parm? Uh, great question. I'm I'm up to quite a bit. <laughs> uh, mostly, so these days I own my own consulting practice called Conquer Leadership, where mm-hmm. I work with aspiring and established leaders to optimize peak performance. And that's done okay. through leadership development, uh, team training, and coaching. Because when that's when you buy in and when that's fully embraced, that changes behavior, uh, increases collaboration, improves engagement, builds stronger culture, mm-hmm. all of which increases and impacts productivity in the right way. Uh, I also work with Trillium Health Partners as a learning and organizational development consultant. So that's leader development, facilitation, coaching. So these days, my life revolves around leadership development, coaching, speaking, facilitation. Uh, this is my jam. This is what fires me <laughs> up. And, and ultimately, look, it, it, it's a privilege because I'm seeing this more and more that the work I do is changing the trajectory of careers and lives. So sure. it's, it's not lost on me how, how much of a pleasure and a privilege it is, it is to do this work. And that's amazing. So thanks for sharing that. And we want to rewind a little bit because you didn't always start off in leadership development. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what we were like as a kid. What are some early fond childhood memories from Parm? Like, what were you like growing up? Uh, so, so as a kid, from from what I recall, uh, I I always enjoyed being involved in things okay. in, in the middle of the busyness. Uh, I never really enjoyed just sitting on the sidelines okay. uh, as as a young adult i ended up being one of the loudest loudest <laughs> within my circle of friends but that's only once i felt comfortable hmm. all right so so i usually get loud when i'm excited or fired up when i'm happy hmm. so there's always a certain group of friends that you you feel most comfortable with or certain family members so when I got excited, when I was happy, when I was fired up, I was always fairly loud. Uh, these days, I like to call it controlled excitement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Where, where I do get excited, I do get fired up, but I'm able to manage the excitement a little bit a little bit better, um, especially when it comes to leadership development, personal growth, uh, or if you tie in some faith-based conversations or mm. pro wrestling <laughs> That'll excite me up quite a bit too. <laughs> Sounds good. So I'm not sure if I can uh, take you on with the pro wrestling discussions, but some of the other <laughs> ones could be interesting. And I'm wondering if you could share a little bit more in terms of like the influences along the way. So as you were growing up, you like to get involved. So what are some of the things as an example that you got involved with? And and you said that you have are, are loud and have this controlled excitement when you're comfortable. Like, how did you get to the point of that? Like, because obviously you're not comfortable with everyone around you when you're like first uh, growing up. Uh, but what are what are some of the things you were involved in this, but and some of the areas where you kind of realize, okay, now I'm comfortable and now I can be loud and excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a, a lot of the areas in, in 
in terms of involvement was within the community. So community-based involvement, whether it was faith, community, the area that we lived in, mm-hmm. the extracurricular activities, part of student associations. That's what typically kept me kept me busy. The 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 feeling comfortable piece has has come with with time, and mm. these days it's built on strong competence, competence which then for me leads to to confidence, mm. right? So competence in, in 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 knowing that I'm skilled at what I do, which leads to ultimate confidence, and then certainty. Right. I find, at least for me, there's a slight distinction between confidence and certainty, mm. but that comes with competence. Putting in the putting in the reps, doing the work, doing the internal work, getting good. Ultimately, we have to be somewhat good at what it is that we're doing to 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 put true value out in the world. Sure. So the competence for me leads to confidence, which then leads to the certainty, which allows me to be that much more comfortable when when speaking with folks who are meeting for the very first time. Sure. Now, in, in terms of influence, you had touched on influence a little bit. My my parents were a huge influence. Hmm. And the reason I say that, Luki, is we moved from the UK to Canada in 1980. It was hmm. my parents, me, and my younger brother. Uh, we're a middle-class family and, and very proud of that. We always have been. Um, and that's because mom and dad worked incredibly hard. Uh, I know for several years, once we moved to Canada, my mom was working full-time and then had at least two or three part-time jobs. And then my dad was working six days a week. Mm. Uh, So what I learned from them was, A, work hard, be kind, Mm. because they were always kind people. If you're successful or if you accomplish any wins, be, be grateful and give thanks. But also, don't get overly excited. And this is now <laughs> where my controlled excitement comes from. Because on the flip side, when you fall down, when you lose, when you don't succeed, because that always happens, when you get knocked down, try not to be overly emotional on the other side. So being mm-hmm. in a state of control. So those those few lessons I, I carry with me today Um Especially, and and what rings the loudest these days is just the notion of kind, kindness, mm. kind leadership, kind influence, right? Uh, and that comes strongly from my parents, and very, very strongly from my mom, right? And I honestly feel that there should probably be a course on kindness or like a subject on kindness where everybody should learn to be kind. Cause I think that is something that is definitely missing a little bit in the world. And I love what you said about competence. Uh, breeding confidence where oftentimes folks are not confident because they've never done it. They don't know how to, but you do it once you do it 10, a a thousand times. And it's just like, meh, whatever. But the first couple of times, I mean, that doesn't make it any easier. So there is a bit of uh, skill in order to kind of get past that little uh, journey. Now, you ultimately landed up in things like like public relations and communications and obviously the leadership and coaching. Uh, did you always know that you want to get into that? So being that kind of uh, loud person <laughs> with the controlled excitement as you're going through, let's say, the school system, was that always the case? Or, I mean, in typical Asian fashion, like doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, <laughs> were you required to <laughs> head down any of those paths? And, and, and what was the, the path like to get into like PR and communications? Yeah. So 
the, the short answer is no. I had no idea this is where <laughs> I'd, I'd end up. Not a clue. Uh, in my in my first year of university, my undergrad at York University, uh, I actually wanted to drop out. I was not okay. enjoying my first year. Disliked it. Uh, I remember I'd be on the phone, you know, at least a couple of times a week to my mom, to my parents, saying, "Hey, don't enjoy this. I don't want to come back tomorrow." Mm. Um, it was always okay. No worries. Just one more day. One more day. One more day. Uh, part of that is I, I didn't know anybody there, so the right. first year was very hard. But eventually, it 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 got better. I found my place, made some really good friends, and started to get involved more. So the first year and a half, two years, I was doing computer science. Didn't enjoy it a single bit. Those right. that do comp sci or anything related to that field, my hat's off to you. It just <laughs> wasn't for me. So I switched over to business, uh, did an HR certificate. And it's funny that I mentioned that now because looking back, I had no, oh, I had, there's no way for me to have known that I'd end up in uh, HR, people services, people development, organizational development. So it's funny how things sometimes work out. Yeah. Uh, however, when I graduated from York, I fell into a few positions and roles that were related to public relations. Hmm. I also didn't know what PR was. I had never heard of that term, not that language. That just, I had no clue. So did a little bit of research, found that Humber College had a postgraduate certificate program, and on paper it looked great. I ended up applying and being accepted, and that was a fantastic experience, and that really taught me the nuts and bolts of public relations, you know, how, how to write a press release. Right. What what a press release is, first of all, right. how to write. Uh, so that experience was fantastic, and then started to get closer and closer to public relations and communications types of roles. Uh, and then later on, I ended up doing my master's, master's in communications management. I did that through mm -hmm. McMaster and Syracuse. They had a joint partnership program. And then eventually got into leadership development and coaching. Uh, and I realized that each one of those steps, looking back now, each one of those steps, each one of those milestones has helped me get to where I'm at now, where, where I am a trusted advisor to leaders. I am a talking partner, a thinking partner, accountability partner. I can have conversations with them that they may not be able to have or may not want to have with others. Right. So so all of what I've gone through and, and the experience has, has really helped shape me to, to where I'm at right now and the, and the value and, and service that I offer and can provide now. That's great. Uh, a lot to unpack in there where you started off in computer science. I'd love if we dug in a little bit. How did that happen? Because obviously that wasn't home. That wasn't a great place to be. And the decision process out of high school to get to university isn't always the easiest one. And, and how did you kind of make the decision? What was going on in your head as you were doing that? You mean, how, how did I get to the decision of CompSci initially? Yeah, how did you decide to go into CompSci, given that you had all these other proclivities around, or, yeah. or is it just kind of like a toss-up? <laughs> it, it, it was. There is no, there is no deeper, okay. <laughs> deeper meaning or deeper reason other than I, I had no clue what the hell I was going to do. Mm. So it was through conversation with my parents, with others, Somehow I landed on computer science. I figured, okay, well, technology, computers, 
all of that's going to exist once I finish graduating. Because that's also part of the challenge, right? Is when you when you want to spend four years, five years, or however many years investing in some kind of education skill, it's, okay, well, what are the chances that I'm going to be hired or there will be jobs afterwards? Is that right. field or area or sector growing? What are the chances I can I can have a livelihood? So I figured, okay, computers, technology, that's always going to exist. So why not? Right. Uh, but I soon realized that I just a I, a I wasn't getting it. So <laughs> my grades were not good, and I have no problem admitting that I wasn't getting it. It wasn't sinking in. Uh, so my grades weren't good. The reason why it wasn't sinking in is just I, I wasn't connected to it. It, just, it didn't sure. excite me. It didn't fire me up. So the time and energy that I was spending studying, um, it, it wasn't netting out, and the, the results weren't there because it didn't make sense. It was forced. Uh, but at that time, again, didn't realize, I didn't know what else I could do. And then sure. slowly then the transition came to, okay, let's, let's do uh, a general business degree, which is still, which is still very good. Uh, coupled that with an HR certificate. And I figured, okay, perhaps that might be an area now where I can, I can invest some time and energy. Right. And it sounds like even though it was a challenging time, it was still an important area where you grew, right? You get to learn yourself a little bit more because you said, you know what, there's this area I could probably have a really high chance to land a job in. And then you start kind of day one. I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening. And you have to make the, the decision to, to switch. Can you walk us through a little bit about the decision? Because it's always challenging, I find, with folks that are kind of switching majors or doing that. That's not a, a normal thing to do. And it's not an easy decision. Was there something that kind of tipped the scales that allowed you to to make that decision to switch from computer science to, to business? Or, or was it relatively an, an easy decision for you? Uh Part, part of it was easy because I knew I didn't like computer science. So it was, <laughs> okay. okay, well, I know I don't want to do this. And to your sure. point, it, it, it can be very important to identify what it is that you don't enjoy or mm -hmm. what it is that you're not good at, right? The only way to know that is by trying different things. So I encourage folks to go out and try. Uh, it doesn't mean that you should always be switching everything every day or every week, but Try different things. Uh, increase the breadth of experience so that you can identify what you don't like and hopefully get closer to what it is that you do like. Right. So I knew computer science wasn't wasn't quite down my alley. Uh, the next thing was, okay, well, what else could there be? What else could I do coming out four years later where it increases my chances of getting hired and, and having a career in this area or this field? Um, business plus HR seemed to be a good fit. Again, thinking, okay, most organizations and companies have HR departments, have people services departments. So maybe that might be an area to, to jump into. Uh, Great. So that was, that was a little bit of the, it, again, it was a bit of a messy decision-making process, similar to the computer science decision-making process. Uh, it was just a different area for me to, to now get involved in to see if this kind of stuck. Right. So it sounds like more just exposure, exploration, discovery, and figuring out. So if you had a, a bit more of that breadth of experience and had a chance to take a look at uh, business or PR or whatever it was that you ended up landing into, then that might have been a more helpful experience to lead up to. But at the end of the day, 
it's still a learning experience. You were still able to take a whole bunch out of there. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about the going back to school, right? So doing the the Humber, the, the, the McMaster uh, Masters, was that always in the cards? You always wanted to continue on with more education because it sounds like someone who didn't enjoy like their, their first undergrad experience. Well, mm-hmm. obviously you found a second one that you enjoyed a little bit more, but was this going back to school part an easy transition and finding uh, those two particular areas for you to, to go into? Good question. Uh, it, it was, it wasn't always in the cards, but I, mm. I also n- knew that I needed some additional training for me to move forward within public relations and communications. So the PR program at Humber was a full full-time program so that meant I had to I had to leave work mm-hmm. and 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 invest in myself invest in the program and do that for for about a year so it it was a challenging decision because I a few years prior to that I had just come out of university so right. um, part of me wasn't super excited about going back into study mode uh, but I also knew that, okay, if, if public relations and communications is the area that I want to get into, then I need some specific training. So that was a bit of the reconciliation in, in the thought process. So I ended up right. deciding on Humber. It was a fantastic program. I'm still in touch with the professors today, and they're all, they're all wonderful people. The, the Master's in Communications Management was was interesting. So I'd always wanted to do a master's. Mm. MBA is usually typically the most popular choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went down that route and for for most MBAs, if not all, you need to write your GMAT, right? Mm-hmm. So did a GMAT prep course, wrote my GMAT, flunked the GMAT, <laughs> right? Didn't enjoy that testing method. Didn't enjoy that GMAT process. Right. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this again. And then I came across uh, the MCM program, Masters in Communications Management with McMaster. I heard about that from some professors at Humber College. Uh, So the first thing I looked at was, okay, does this require a GMAT score? And the answer is no. I'm like, okay, good. Uh, (laughs) But that's not to say that the the, uh, application process was easy by any means. So Sure. Put in my application, had a couple of interviews. Uh, thank God I ended up saying the right thing and I impressed the right people and was able to get into the program. And that MCM program was was hugely instrumental because it, it helped me mature as a communications professional. Uh, I also got to learn what I was made of in terms of how much grit do I have to finish a two-year program that's part-time where I have to balance studying, work, and everything else? The reason right. I say that is is I started the program and me and my wife hadn't even been married a year. Hmm. So our first year anniversary was celebrated while I was away in Hamilton at school. <laughs> we had to do it because I was away from yeah. school. Uh, and then within that two-year span, we had three family weddings, very close family weddings. One of them is my brother. Two of them were my first cousins. I don't know if you know anything about Indian weddings. Even small <laughs> weddings aren't small. Right. So I was heavily involved in those three weddings. I mean, I remember 
being in, on some group calls at my grandparents' house where everyone was celebrating, having a good time. <laughs> I'd be upstairs on these group calls and doing projects and assignments. But it needed to be done because I'd invested this time and money. <laughs> Master's programs yeah. aren't cheap. Um, but I invested this time, money, energy, money and energy, so I needed to get it done. Within the last semester of my MCM program, I ended up breaking my hand with a, because of a bad martial arts exper- uh, injury. So I was in a cast and I had this claw thing going on with my finger and thumb <laughs> only uh, able to use those. So I was typing like this and, and also doing a lot of talk to text uh, mm-hmm. for my papers, which was painful. Uh, but I was still able to get it done within that two-year mark. So that that taught me grit, taught me perseverance, taught me if there's a goal, then you do whatever you need to to accomplish that goal. Now, that was right. just for me. No one else was expecting to expect me to have to finish on time. It was just a personal goal that I had. Uh, so all of that, again, just helped those milestones, you know, help shape you and help build that resilience, helps give you an understanding of what you're made of. And when difficult times come, can you survive? Can you find a way to pull through knowing what the end goal might be? Right. Sounds like two very different decision-making processes where the first one was more, I need to decide whether I can go all in, quit work and study. Now this one is doing it in addition to work, plus family commitments and uh, unexpected un, uh, accidents and things like that in order to do that. So, uh, But a lot of good learnings in terms of grit and perseverance along the way, which I think was great. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit on your current path, because you ultimately got into leadership coaching. What was that first experience or exposure to that? Was there uh, anything in previous education masters or just uh, an infomercial <laughs> that you saw one day? Or how did you uh, get into the le- leadership coaching path? Yeah. So I'd, I'd always been interested in public speaking, believe it mm-hmm. or not. And I don't have a problem with public speaking. I don't mind getting up in front of a crowd. So that had always been in the back of my head. At some point, I'd like to like to give that a shot. Uh, but I also knew that I needed some proper training. I wasn't just ready to go up in front of a microphone and, and start talking. So right. that had, had always been playing. Um, a few years back, I ended up seeing a very short video from a family friend, his, his 16-year-old daughter. And she was talking about growth mindset and whatnot, mm-hmm. personal growth, self-development. And we've known this family for, for years back in our England and UK days. Uh, I even taught his kids at uh, Sunday school. So I called him up. I'm like, hey, man, your, your daughter's talking about some different and powerful stuff. What's going on? Uh, so he shared with me um, a program that she was enrolled in through John Maxwell. So John Maxwell used to be a pastor He's a leadership trainer, a coach. He he's, uh, owns Maxwell Leadership. So that's a training program for for those that wanted to get into coaching, leader development, facilitation, speaking. So we had some fantastic conversations. And I realized, okay, maybe there's something here through this program. And maybe it's more than public speaking. Because I learned and realized that there was this thing called coaching. I learned and realized that there was this thing called leader development. Hmm. I had not heard of that language before. 
right? Just my upbringing, the circle of friends, just socioeconomic, wherever it was. I hadn't heard of that language before. I had no idea that leader development and coaching was a thing. But when I learned it and learned about it, I realized that, wait a minute, this is familiar. This isn't new. I recognize this work because I had been doing a lot of that within the community space as well. So ended up making the decision, investing in that Maxwell Leadership Program, um, and then took some time to just study, learn before I before I felt I had the competence. So back to the competence piece, before I felt I had the competence to actually start talking about this publicly. And as I continued to do that and put in the reps, the competence starts to grow because I was doing more training facilitation. I was doing more, having more coaching conversations. Right. Um, so really the inspiration came out of that 16 year old, 16 year old <laughs> girl talking about uh, our family friend talking about personal growth, personal development, growth mindset. So it's funny that, you know, inspiration can hit from anyone at any place at any time. And I'm so appreciative that she had pushed out that video and pushed out that message because it had a huge impact, huge impact on me. Sounds good. So it sounds like a chalk one up for serendipity <laughs> because sometimes things are just meant to happen. These one-off video that you could have easily just passed by and, and not really clicked on it or watched it or whatever, but it turns up being a fortuitous event and turned into a kind of a new career path for, for you. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure we could kind of deep dive a little bit into uh, each and every one of those little uh, parts of your, your life and, and, and this one included. But as we start wrapping things out, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit of your swike, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Uh, obviously, you shared a little bit of it b before, but are there any areas that you want to kind of elaborate on or, or kind of add in terms of the stuff that you'd want to share with like young Parm <laughs> or the other <laughs> folks out there that want to learn about, uh, I guess, transitioning from computer science to business, to uh, leadership coaching, to PR, to, to anything along those lines. What, what's some swipe that you'd want to share? Mm -hmm. Be careful of ego. Mm, okay. Be careful of ego and know that ego and insecurity can often be two sides of the same coin and sometimes can fuel each other. Okay. So be careful of ego. Get intentional about what you want to do in life. It doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out, but hmm. as best as you can, have some intentional steps so that there's some kind of a path. Even if it's a muddy, rocky, unclear path, <laughs> some path is better than better than no path. Right. Um, and, and I say that, Luki, because a lot of folks coming out of university, even going into university or school or higher education or mid-career changed often don't know what they want to do, where they want to go. That's, sure. I, I would imagine, is fairly common. So that takes some, you want to invest some time to reflect, correct, identify the areas that you want to grow in or are skilled in or are good at, and then identify, okay, what could a path forward look like? So that takes some time and some, some deep work. Mm -hmm. uh, reminding, at least, so if, if I'm talking to, to, to Young Parm, reminding myself of how important faith is, at least for me, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I lost my faith, but I can appreciate it so much more now. So I would tell Young Parm, uh, appreciate the faith. Because that's the anchor. Right. That's the anchor. 
and then be kind because that's a mm. that's a recurring theme not that i was unkind sure. i say be kind because it's easy for us to just get wrapped up in our own world in our own stuff in our own mess but pausing to make sure that you're actually aware of others and when you can be kind to others that's something that comes directly from my mom uh, unfortunately my mom passed away from cancer last year and mm. and before while her health was still fairly good i interviewed her and i asked one of the questions i asked was mom what does the world need most right now mm. and one of the things she mentioned was kindness so ever since then kindness being kind the, that value is coming to the surface so much more luki so right. i think we can all do better with including a little bit more kindness in how we show up in the world how we treat others uh you can never be too kind so i encourage everyone right. to just employ a little bit more kindness and maybe we'll all be better off that's amazing so again lots to unpack in there and uh, condolences for for your loss of your mom but i mean great message to share where i mean Fantastic what's message. the expression it costs nothing to be kind yeah. so just taking a little bit of moment and putting the needs of someone else whether it be just letting someone go ahead of you in the grocery line or opening a door it could be something as simple as that it doesn't have to be really mind-blowing or 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 world changing for folks. Sometimes it's the small things that add up over time that can be helped. Uh, I think having that anchor. So for you is your faith and figuring out what that is and, and using that in order to kind of keep you whole. I think that's super important. And then that intentionality, I think is, is very uh, important because as you said, there's a lot of young folks out there that basically go with the flow and they'll take whatever it is. And, and that's fine to a point, but if you can have at least a sense, uh, I like what you said about the, the, the muddy, rocky, unclear path, right? At least know that you're going west versus north versus east, that sort of thing, right? Have some sort of directionality would be helpful. And it will get a little bit more clear uh, along the way, right? It doesn't have to be concrete, but it can be a, a direction that you want. And the comment you made about ego and insecurity that uh, again a whole podcast episode on its own i'm sure <laughs> but it's one of those things that i'm sure we, we all learn to deal with uh in some shape or form hopefully in in a productive way uh, but those two can be uh, very very challenging in, indeed uh, so thanks so much parm for for sharing your insights and uh, again we could probably deep dive into any one of these topics there i'm wondering if you could share a little bit about what are your future aspirations or what are things that we can look forward to hearing from you and then maybe where can folks connect with you uh, later on if they want to reach out? Yeah, for sure. So uh, future aspirations, keep continuing moving forward with Conquer Leadership and serving leaders and their teams through either one-on-one -on -one coaching or team development. Uh, continue to add value within the realms and, and parameters of Trillium Health Partners, which is, which is really allowing me to do some exceptional work. Uh, continue to provide and support my family, uh, <laughs> and saving up for my Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. <laughs> That's part of the bucket list. Uh, in terms of where to find me, conquerleadership.ca. Uh, that's where my contact info is. I encourage you, please, if you have any questions, uh, I'd love to connect. I'd love to chat. Uh, nothing is off the, everything is on the table. Nothing's off the table. 
any questions, whatever that might be, however I can serve and add value, please don't hesitate to reach out. That's conquerleadership.ca. And yeah, thank you very much for a fantastic conversation, Luki. Would love to would love to come back if you're if you're interested in having me back and keep up the amazing work. You, my friend, are adding a ton of value and and helping a lot of people with everything that you do. Like I think one of the first questions I asked you when we first started talking is how do you fit all of this in within 24 <laughs> hours? So I'm blown away with with everything that you're doing, my friend. So looking forward to continuing our friendship and relationship. Well, thanks so much, Parm, for sharing your, your story. And uh, yeah, we'll be sure to, to have you back for a future episode. So thanks again. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back and do deep dive into any one of these topics. Take care. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.